Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I'm ringing the bell for real-time engagement with the Father over the next 30 days. In this month of September, What are you doing to step forward into the assignment that God is preparing you for? Do not let bitternesses of the past keep you tied to those things in a box where you feel like you have no options. My friends, God has put His life within you, and He has put the power to make proper decisions in your control. So let's step forward. I'm ringing the bell for real-time engagement with the Father in the month of September. Love you all. Take a listen, share with others, subscribe to Tent Talk, and let's get the message out, because now is the time, my friends. Yesterday I read from my book, Chapter 4, and I want to read just a small portion at the end of that same chapter, and then I want to give to you an anger inventory. This is something that whenever folks are going to do one-on-one discipleship uh, mentoring with me, this is a part of their uh, intake information. And typically the information is not really for me. Uh, The information is uh, for them. And so when we look at something that questions us, that causes us to reflect, causes us to examine and to assess, uh, then it can be good. Um, So yesterday, if you were on the podcast with me, then you heard in the reading from chapter four, From Trauma to Trust, The Making of a Messenger, on the the jack-in-the-box that I talk about. And I use this um, illustration, this picture to show that oftentimes when God is attempting to get our attention uh, from things that we have tried to suppress, we've tried to handle, we've tried to cope, we try to deny, um, we or we may feel absolutely justified in letting Jack come out of the box any time because we control others by being out of control with our anger. But this can be uh, a real wake-up call to us when we realize there are things bubbling and brewing underneath the surface. Now remember, the scripture says, be angry, but do not sin. My friends, there are some things to be angry about. But if you know me at all, and you know the view that I share that sin is a power long before it's a behavior. Sin is a power straight from the pits of hell, and its entire goal is to lure away, seduce away um, us from full dependency upon the Father. So sin is is a power that wants to seduce away, as it did with Adam and Eve in the garden, Um, as it does daily, unfortunately, in the lives of believers, because we're too fixed on trying to not act in certain ways. We're too focused on behavior on the surface, rather than letting Holy Spirit plunge us to the depths and show us the power of sin that is still operating within. 
Now, it's not your nature any longer if you're born again, because you are a new creation. You share in the divine nature of God. You have become one who partakes in his nature, his life. So his nature is now your nature, but sin as a power is still present within the body and wars against the spirit. And its entire point is to seduce you away, uh, to handle life on your own, to live independent from the Father, whether you do it by being good or evil. The issue is it's independent from Christ, from the indwelling Christ. So, with that having been said, then being angry, my friends, is not a problem in the sense that there are things to be angry about. There are injustices. There's an old quote that goes something like, an awakened man is an angry man. Because when you awake from your sleep that you've been in, uh, you realize I might be uh, a little ticked off about a few things. And I've, I've tried to squelch it. I've tried to hide it. I've tried to deny it. Tried to manage my anger. But seldom do we actually face it and call it what it is. So I'm submitting to you that when the scripture says, be angry but do not sin, is that to be angry but not to handle it independently from the Father. So this is quite a a major part of the process is to allow God to reveal to us our anger, what we might be angry about, to hear his thought on that, because as you're going to hear me say, sometimes you will be shocked at what God will say to you. I was just recently speaking with someone from another nation, and they said that as they were willing and courageous enough to let their anger come to the surface, and they were sharing that with God, he told them, actually, I stand with you in that. I will not abandon you because you are angry. I will stand with you in that, and then... I would add to that, and he will then lead you through that and out of it. And when he does so, my friends, let me tell you, that's uh, not something that you're going to have to suppress any longer because it actually gets dealt with. But we don't want to be angry and keep trying to handle it separate from him, independently from him, either by exploding or imploding because you're you're taking care of anger and rage one way or the other. It's either imploding inside of you or it's exploding on people. Neither way is what God's calling us to. So let's just take a little bit of a dive into this as I'm going to read um, the last parts of uh, chapter 4. It's just like one major paragraph. And then I'm going uh, to uh, maybe share one other reflection question, and then we're going to look at the anger inventory. So hang in there with us on this episode. We're walking through in real-time engagement with God, because it's important that you don't just address anger as just an emotional issue. 
but that there has been possibly real events in your life that warrant uh, an anger uh, because there is uh, an injustice. And I believe it was yesterday as I read uh, that it was God himself that was allowing me and showing me how to have some of my very first honest responses to what I had actually lived through. I had spent so much time in my early days just trying to cope and manage and survive. And then in later years, uh, anger was expressing itself, but through all these back doorways, my procrastinations, my rebellions, my depression, my drinking, uh, my sarcasm, my, you know, many ways uh, that uh, it was... Uh, being dealt with or being expressed, right? Kind of like you start leaking out the older that you get, right? Because your resolve and your defense mechanisms are weakening, thank God. And those things are rising to the surface. And so we don't want to treat these things in a cavalier way, in a um, uh, in an arrogant uh, way. We want to be wise, in the ways that we begin to look at what we're really angry about. That's why I'm saying to you in the secret place with God and maybe with one other trusted um, mentor or person who's walked through similar things, uh, we, we need to be able to address these things. So, but today let's just look at assessing because many times we're in total denial that we're even angry. Uh, because we've explained these things away. We've tried to understand these things. We've made excuses and denials. um, Or we're angry at everybody, blaming everybody. Uh, So it can can flip either way. But here's here's this short read from uh, the last page or so of chapter 4 in the book. I will never forget the conversation he... God, initiated with me concerning my rage and anger. He provoked me in ways I did not know were possible. He was pressing my thinking to new levels because he wanted me to taste his goodness and to know him intimately. He asked me what I wanted. I said, I want someone to pay for what happened to me. I want blood. I want someone to die. And he said, Pull your chair up closer to the table, Nancy. You are sounding more like me. I was shocked. He drew more out of me to cause me to learn of him and to live in the light of real communication with him. Again, I heard him say, I believe someone must pay, and he has. It was God who brought it all to the surface so I could see Jesus in all his glory and power and justice. It was time to stop taking Christian lessons from the devil. I was leaving the trauma of my own care and entering into a deeper trust of who he was and all he had provided. I encourage you to do the same. You see, my friends, this is a very short excerpt of a very long um, conversation with God that happened over several days as he was awakening me, stirring me, bringing me to the point of getting honest with what was really in there. 
And in this, when I got honest finally with God and said, I want someone to pay, I want someone to bleed, I want someone to die, right? Just being, just being honest about the anger I had, about the thoughts that I'd been harboring for so long. I wanted someone to pay. And here God is saying to me, well, scoot your chair closer to the table, Nancy, where he and I were talking, uh, because you're sounding more and more like me. See, because what God was revealing to me is that that's what he felt about sin. That's what he thinks about sin. Somebody's got to pay for this. You don't just brush this under the rug. You don't just ignore it. You don't just act like it didn't happen. You see, Ephesians 4.32 says, let's forgive others the same way that God has forgiven us in Christ. And we'll get to this in later later episodes here in September as we find ourselves in real-time engagement with God. But this is so very key, is that we look at how God himself lives, how he forgives. He does not just say, hey, you know, get over it, build a bridge and get over it. He is saying, here is how I live. Here's how I have dealt with your sin. Now let's deal with others' sin against you in that same manner. And God certainly did not deny my sin, overlook my sin, explain it away. God didn't say, well, Nancy, bless your heart. You've just had such a hard life. Uh, Let's just act like these uh, other things that you've done did not happen. No, God never, that's not how he thinks. He says, there is an alien way of life called sin. It's alien to me. The way you treat people in sin is nothing like how I have called for you to treat each other, which is how we treat you with love, with honor, with respect, with dignity. See, we have to learn. I'm going to get into something here. I could take many episodes. The God kind of love, my friends, is nothing like old human love. It's nothing like it. And so when we read the word of God and it says, love your neighbor, love your enemies, and then we start trying to twist ourselves into a pretzel, trying to do that according to human love and our own view of that, we don't know what we're doing. It's twisted. It's perverted. It's crooked. And God has to come and straighten all of that out because we keep trying to live in a way that is completely alien to God's kind of way. And this is why it's so important that we begin in all things in letting God love us, that we might learn of his love to be able then to love him, to love ourselves and to love others, to be able to forgive uh, is going to be in direct proportion to how you're able to love. So this is going to prove to be very important when you are willing to have some honest communications with God. And I was shocked. Literally, I wrote it here, and I I still, to this day, I'm like, wow. You know, because in my pride, I oftentimes thought, well, you know, I'm more angry about this than God. He's just sitting up there acting like nothing's happening. Well, no, I just didn't know Christ and him crucified. I didn't understand what had already been done to deal with all injustices, to deal with all sin. I I had no understanding. I was ignorant. I wouldn't want you to remain in ignorance. And I guarantee you, I'm reading to you from these first four chapters in my book. Uh, Three years later, as I walked through forgiveness with my mom, that was a whole nother level. That's um, basically chapters 
5 through 8, and then when you get to chapters 9 through 12 and you see what I then did, and my anger when left unchecked again in a whole nother season of my life, the way it wreaked havoc. So what I'm sharing with you is not one small thing of, yes, I forgave my dad. Listen, you've got to know what you've been forgiven because that is how our entire life with the Father is lived, is out of what we have first needed, what we have first received, and then it's about what we will give. Too often we're trying to give and we don't even realize what we have received. We don't realize the forgiveness that we have received because we're still trying to compare apples to apples, if you will, like your sin to my sin. And well, I haven't sinned quite like you sinned. My friends, we were sinners by nature. We were the enemy of God and we have been forgiven right much. And so therefore we will be able to love much, but we must let God begin to reveal these things to us. So again, these things will open up as we continue on, because if we're going to be in real-time engagement with the Father, I'm ringing that bell again today. If that is really going to be able to happen, my friends, if we're going to be able to scale a wall, take a city, fulfill our assignment, and live full out, not a balanced life, a full out life, the fullness of life, okay, we've got to receive the fullness of our salvation. So to hear God tell me, Nancy, I agree. Someone needs to be beaten, whipped. Blood needs to be paid for what has happened to you, for all sin. I was shocked. I don't know what I was I thinking he was going to say. Now, Nancy, just bow your head and, you know, you should just be understanding, you know. And it's like, what a perversion of this magnificent salvation that he has wrought in the very body and blood of Jesus Christ. Have we seen him crucified? Do we know? So we would understand then that we're not the first ones to be angry about the sin that's been committed against us. Have we understood uh, them and understood what they are saying? So as promised, let me, let me shift and I want to read to you these simple questions and then you can take this inventory to maybe realize maybe there are some Uh, issues of anger that are present, and they may be showing up in ways that you uh, were not aware. So here we go. Number one, do you have a quick temper? Number two, do you sometimes use cutting remarks that hurt others? Number three, do you tend to complain when things don't go your way? Number four, do you often have a critical attitude towards others? Number five, do you have the attitude, I'll get even with you, often? Do you tend to be overpowering in your relationships? Number seven, do you often come across to others as being sarcastic? Number eight, do you tend to be unreasonable with your family members? Number nine, do you get annoyed with family members easily. Number 10, do you tend towards arguments easily? Number 11, do you tend towards being a stubborn person? Number 12, do you often engage in gossip? Number 13, 
Do you get impatient with family members often? 14. Do you tend to dominate other people around you? Number 15. Do you tend to be aggressive in your behavior toward others? 16. Do you tend to tell others off? 17. Do you not try to understand others or have little respect for them? 18. Do your statements convey an attitude of indifference? 19. Do you tend toward being a prejudicial person? 20. Do you find it uneasy to quickly forgive mistakes of others? So there's just a simple 20-part questionnaire that you might want to listen to again and just simply say yes, no. There may be some that you're unsure of, but just take a look at those things. Think about that and do all of this with the Father. Don't just self-assess. Ask Holy Spirit, show me what's really here. Because he will not take you at a speed that's beyond what you're able to bear at this moment in your levels of dependency upon him. He's going to take you at the pace that he knows that you're ready for. So don't rush ahead. Don't lag behind. Just stay in real-time engagement with him. And let him make you aware. Because anger can literally be one of those things that saps our energy, our focus, And it keeps us forever hitting the wall, um, crashing and burning. And then we get up and we try harder again. But that's not our way, my friends. As sons, that's not our way. That's not the Father's way. He wants you to see what's really going on. He doesn't want you to stay in a mystery. right? He wants to bring light to those things. So stay with him in real-time engagement. Think about these things today. And I look forward to our next conversations together here on Tent Talk Podcast. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.